I want to talk on a topic that I feel like it's not a rebuke. It's a topic that every believer needs to hear. So I place myself as a fellow believer speaking to a fellow believer. I don't want to seem to be the apostle of this message, but I feel like we need this word. The title of my sermon today, because I didn't want to preach this sermon, but I had to preach this sermon because I feel like the church needs this sermon. Let me do a bit of a, a case study or a role play. Imagine that you are God. Or put it this way. What do you think in percentage is your credit score in heaven now? I just want no you know you don't have to lie in church what do you think is your credit score of 100 can you beat your chest and say i'm 100% 90 50 40 20 2 1 do you know should i tell you your credit score should i tell you miserable inexcusable that's what the Bible calls it in Romans. The moral guy, the pagan guy, the religious guy. All of these guys stand before the Lord and their credit score is zero. It's interesting how the Lord gave me this title, The Higher Calling. The Higher Calling. For the past week, two weeks, I think, I've been having this struggle I don't want to preach this because I feel like, no, I want to preach it for next year. As we start the year, I want to preach this sermon. Lord says, no, start it now. So it can prepare you for 2023. If this message doesn't convict you today, I am not sure what else would convict you. Amen. If you have your Bibles quickly, the book of Philippians, chapter number three. I love the book of Philippians because it's a book that deals with the suffering of the believer. Actually, when Paul writes, to understand how Paul writes its epistles, Galatians will talk about the Judaizers, and Ephesians speaks about the church. Philippians speaks about the suffering of the faith. Colossians speaks about the head of the body. Thessalonians speaks about the first Thessalonians speaks about the rapture. Second Thessalonians speaks about the Perusia, the second coming. But I like this, 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 the letter written to the church in Philippi. This is one of Paul's finest letters to the suffering believer. And I want you to hear every single word that I say. And if you can write, write what I have to say. There were words I would have to spell out. And there are words that will be projected on the screen. So, so, so Philippians chapter number 3. But before I go there, you see, in the last month, I've been preaching on that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the Lord has consistently been reminding me of that word, that will be done on earth. It's almost like heaven is crying and saying that the earth is not replicating us. It's like the angels are saying, I wish you understood that you are running on low. You are nowhere close to heaven's design. But it is the will of the Lord that he replicates heaven on the face of the earth. 
And as I read this sermon every single time, I see the lack in the church. I see that the Christian believer, we have settled. We have, we've settled for a conventional, com, contemporary, postmodern, post-Christian kind of faith that is very different from the classical faith, from the very orthodox faith. And so what Paul writes in Philippians chapter number 3, verse number 12. I think two verses or three verses, I think. Paul writes, Not that I have already attained the almighty Paul, the one who would lay down his soul for the spread of the kingdom to the Gentiles. And at the point they say that I have finished my race, I have fought the fight. But now he says here that not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. Somebody say press on. At the moment of Paul's life, he, this was one of the prison epistles. There are four prison epistles. Prison epistles are letters that Paul wrote whilst he was in prison. The book of Ephesians, the book of Philippians, the book of Philemon, and the book of um, Colossians. So Paul says, not that I am already, I've already attained, I'm, I'm nothing. I haven't even achieved nothing. I'm not even perfect at the moment. But one of the things that he does, he says, I press on. Look at your neighbor and say to them, press on. If Paul, who was the mastermind of scriptures and pieces, could say that I haven't achieved, I haven't attained, but was something that is consistent in my faith is that I know how to press on. Now, Emmanuel is going to put on the first word. The word press on is the word dioko. Now, if you have the word there, can you put it on dioko? D-I-O-K-O. And I will tell you what this word dioko means. The word dioko, it means to pursue. That means to be an O here. Now, it's got the delta. That's the delta there when written there. That is the iota. That is the kappa iota. And this is the omicron. The word dioko means... It means to pursue someone and take back from them at the expense of your life. It's like the word used in the Greco-Roman time is the word that someone, is, someone has something that belongs to you. And they don't want to give back to you. You have to pursue them and take it by force from them. That level of aggression, that level of tenacity, that level of hunger... That's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, I haven't achieved, I haven't attained, but there's still hunger in me. The almighty Paul, I call him. The one who's done miracle signs and wonders, preached to all the Gentile world. And at the point, he was in prison and he said, I haven't achieved anything in my Christian faith. I haven't attained anything. And, and it's interesting when I see believers, even now, think like they've achieved everything on the face of the earth. They feel like they're indispensable. They feel like if you don't greet them and prostrate for them, they, you and you, they, 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 they rank themselves. And one of the things that's happening in the Christian, Christian fold is this thing called ranking. And we, we feel like we are more than you. We feel like we've, we've achieved. Because you cast it out two demons and three, three, three what? You, you, we feel like we, we know the height of the height. We feel like, you know what, God is using me more than everybody. 
We, we, we are different. We are, I've, I've attained. I've achieved. Everybody know me now. I, I, I prophesy. I cast the demons. My name is all over the flyers in town. Everyone know me as the praying machine, as the demon slayer. And I'm the one who, who knows how to speak in other tongues. I'm the one who understands the mind and the mysteries of God. And we feel like we've put, we've put that on our CV, CV resume like we've achieved. You can't even stoop down to your fellow believer. And, and that was stooped should not be used in the church. You can't even have conversations with your fellow brethren because you feel like you are deeper than them. So you segregate yourself because you feel like you've achieved. Well done, achiever. And Paul writes, he said, but I somebody say present. See, when you use the word, the word yoko, when used in the classical Greek, it means to pursue someone and take from them what belongs to you. You know how you, you just imagine you're praying for, you're asking the Lord to show you where your breakthrough is. And then you see some demon holding your breakthrough. You know how you pray? That level of aggression. So Paul is saying that even though I haven't achieved anything, but I'm still hungry. I'll tell you the reason why Paul is hungry. Because Paul was tired of the nominal Christian lifestyle. He's tired of just being the conventional baby, baby believer. So Paul says, so Bible says, but I press on that I may lay hold of what? Of that, uh, uh, lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has already or has also laid out of me. It's interesting how he uses this word. He said, I'm trying to get from Christ what Christ has given to me. The word apprehend is used in the scripture. There is something I'm desiring from Jesus. He's given it to me, but I haven't quite reached the space to stretch and get that thing. There's a hunger Paul is talking about. But he's talking about something that is more than just preaching to the Gentiles. He's talking about God holding something that he needs. And he says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. Amen. I do not count myself to be apprehended. But one thing I do. Somebody say forgetting. I do not count myself to be apprehended. Now, the word means to obtain, to, to grab. Catalabano. The word, if you can put it, catalabano means to, it's a forceful word. The word apprehend is to, I do not consider myself. It means to obtain. Catalabano. It means to obtain, but I do not consider myself to have apprehended, to have obtained, to have grabbed, to have reached. Are you following me, church? Paul is saying that there is a dimension in God I'm pursuing, but I do not consider myself to have obtained. There is something Paul is talking about, and Paul is saying there is a, there's a hunger in my spirit. There is a hunger that is in Christ Jesus. Even though I've done all the miracle signs and wonders, but there is something I have still not yet obtained. There is a dimension in prayers I haven't attained. When you pray and forget you are praying. Not because you sleep but because you are sold out. When you worship and you forget that you are singing a song. When you stand before the altar of God. There is a dimension to this Christian race. Not too many prayer and you're yawning. Paul is saying there is a dimension, Catalampano. There is a dimension, there is a depth that I'm pressing into. This is not the baby Christian stuff. 
this is not the type of obtaining that, that we are talking about that you are beefing your sister and brother. No, we'll talk about that in a moment. Paul is saying, I, I do not consider myself to have obtained, but one thing that I do, forgetting. That word, I, I, I would have omitted this word, but I'll, I'll tell you the reason why I put out the Greek for that word. I put on the next word. The word is called epilanthanomai. The word, sorry guys, you do your own study. Epilanthanomai. Oh, not Greek class today. The word epilanthanomai, the word th here is a th sound. Th sound is like the O with the cross in there. Epilanthanomai speaks of I don't know, you know, I've seen movies before when someone have an accident and wakes up and they say, oh, that's the word you forget. But this kind of forgetfulness, it is not you that forget because you want to forget. It is God who blots out your past. Whenever a P is used in the scripture, it's used as a preposition. It means God has to be involved. Now, the word a P is an activation in your spirit. Para and a P, pleru. A P means that it is not me that wants to forget, but God makes me forget. God blots out my past. What he says is that he says, but one thing I do, forgetting, no longer caring, not giving to, obli giving to oblivion, not remembering my past. Those things which are behind. I do not remember the things which are behind. You see, I, I love how Paul writes this. Paul is saying, even though I casted out demons, even though I laid hands on the sick, even though I raised the dead, I do not consider those things to be important as compared to what I press toward. There was something more than casting demons. There was something more than mission. He's saying, I do not... Consider all these things that I have done. The big boy, Paul. The one who studied under Gamaliel. I, I do not consider those things to be stopped. But the Bible says, those things which are behind. And he said, reaching forward. Look at your neighbor and say to them, reaching forward. Again, that word reaching forward means epactonomai. Which means to stretch. Put that word up. Epactonomai. Epactonomai. It means to stretch. But I like this word stretch used in the scripture. Why? It's saying that the things that I had done in my past, the credit of my past, well, the accolades that men gave me in my past, and they say that I was an amazing Bible scholar, those credit they gave me in my past, it said those things, I have forgotten about those things, but there was something I'm pressing to achieve. But the word he uses the word stretch, which is the word epictonomai. It means to stretch you beyond your pain threshold. There is a dimension in God that will require you to stretch beyond what you're doing. That will stretch your finances. Listen, listen, listen. I, I like what, what, what you know, Georgia mentioned about fighting and all that. There, you see, one of the ways we know you love God is how you give him. You can't love God with your mouth and not your pocket. When it comes to giving in the church, you are very melancholic. But when it comes to praise and worship, you are sanguine. You are dancing and, and an extrovert. David says, I will not give God what doesn't cost me. You want to attain that level of God, that level in God where you are stretched? Paul is saying that it's a dimension in God that I am pressing forward to that will stretch me.
You see, you haven't attained this dimension until you go from one hour prayer to six hours prayer in the Holy Ghost. You haven't attained this place until the one who offends you, you beg them. Ah, stretch. They offended you, but you apologize to them. You don't understand. There's a dimension to this thing called Christianity. When Jesus says, pray for those who persecute you and use you. There's a dimension in prayer where someone offends you, koro koro. Someone offends you, you still say, please, I'm sorry. See, God would have to stretch you. If God doesn't stretch this dimension in God, so Paul says, this is what I'm stretching. This is what I'm pressing on. Church, we haven't reached this place. No. It's not about the money I gave. It's not about, no, no. It's about me. It's the stretch. So Paul was saying that it's a stretching that has to happen in the pressing. Not the conventional church girl, come to church, do your stuff, go back home, you don't talk to people. And, 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 and we just do, you see, it's a shame. The reason why I feel the church is like, you haven't read church history. You haven't. This thing called the Bible that you have in your hands, our men were sown in half for the gospel. It, 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 it was for real. The 5th, the 6th century, men were sown in half. Men were burnt on stakes. Men were given to beasts to preserve the gospel. Men who fought and made sure the Bible was consistent with its manuscripts. They said, we will not change the word, we will not change the faith. And they gave them to white beasts. And they sold them in half. And they burned them on stake. And they killed their families before their faces. They preserved this gospel that you don't read. They preserved the gospel that you toss about. Men who stressed to make sure that the gospel reaches out to every one of us. When was the last time you ate the world? You ate the scroll. Each time I open the Bible, I'm reminded of men who had to shed blood for the scripts. And we treat the Bible like war. No, have you spent time to understand how men waited for this thing called the Bible? We haven't. If we spend time to look at church history, how the emperors would call out all Christians, all the men, make them kneel down, bring out all their children and their wife and burn them before their eyes. Thousands. And they only ask them one question. Will you deny the faith? No. The family die. You're telling me that that kind of man will have an enemy? Or will be doing backbite in church? Or be doing gossip in church? A man that is willing to, for them to kill his family and himself. You think he's doing gossip in church? Or doing backbite in church? Or he didn't greet me, I'm angry at you? Or a baby kind of Christianity we're doing? Petty Christianity? That we have a problem with everybody for every little thing? It's, intre- I was saying that it's interesting how when someone offends you at your work, you don't stop your job. But it's only in the church someone offends you, stop coming to church. Only in the church. Someone offends you. Didn't talk. Your boss offended you and cussed you out but you still went to work the next day. It's only in the church that the sister didn't speak to you. You got upset and stopped coming to church. What are you doing? Did it get born again for me? In the church. When men died for the gospel, people are fighting. Say, church hurt. Pastor didn't call me. Two weeks time, I'm going to do Bible study. I'm going to take you through church history. To understand, a man at a point, 
He had a wife. This was after Eusebius. If you know Eusebius, uh, no, this was the time of Clement. Clement. He had a wife. And they brought his pregnant wife, was pregnant. She, she, would, she would put bed in that week. She brought the pregnant wife and he knelt down. And they said to him, all you need to do, just say, Caesar is king. All you need to do, just say, Caesar is king. We'll let you go and the wife go. The wife looked at him and begged him, please just say it. He said, God, for the sake of the gospel, I will not deny your kingship. They killed his wife, they killed the man. For the Bible that you're just for the Bible to spread to your hands, in your hands. Men who fought, family on the altar. Do you have church people whining and crying and say that Sister A didn't greet me? Sister B didn't greet me. Sister this was looking at me with one kind of eye. In the church. In the church. We're not serious, you know. We're not serious. You go to a place like China, you can't even carry your Bible. There's no Bible. And then they ask you, when last did you study the Bible? You don't even come Bible. You don't understand. So Paul says there is a dimensional epitonomy. It's a stretching. There is a, there is a dimension of hunger that I need. That even though you greet me, you don't greet me. It doesn't nothing. I just love you. There is a dimension that I get to. Even if you hate you, you 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 will be tired of hating because I cannot hate you back. There is a depth in God. Curse me. Use what I'm just going to be loving on you. See, that's a, that's a, that's a realm in God you walk in and. You don't even know if you have enemies. Because you don't care about them, you care about the pursuits. Ah, Lord, I, I, I long for you. Men who just, do you know men just cry? They stay in their houses a fast and just cry for their neighbors. <laughs> a man will be fasting, dry fasting five days for his neighbor who is a pagan to come to the knowledge of Christ. You think that man will have time for church hurt? If you are being, if you are being petty, it's a shame to Christ. It's, a, it's an insult to the work of the cross. Paul is saying, all the things I've achieved. Oh, has anyone achieved on Paul here? I just, just want to make sure I know. If you achieved on Paul, yeah, I don't know. But Paul says, of all those things that I thought I've achieved, he says, but there was something. He says, leaving those things behind and, and, and reaching forward to those things which are in front and through stand. Now the Bible says, I price toward the goal for the price. Somebody said the price upward. Paul used the word again, Tioko. I press towards the goal with up. Somebody said the goal has a price. Say the goal has a price. Say the goal has a price. So Paul would finally say, I've finally reached the prize. I fought the fight. I've ran the race. But before Paul could say that, Paul was saying, I am pressing forward to the prize. Now catch this. I press toward the goal for the prize of, somebody said the upward call. There is an upward call, ladies and gentlemen. It's an upward call. It is not this call you're having now. No, it's an upward one. The word upward is the word ano. The word in the Greek, A-N-O, ano. The word ano is the word used as anabeno, which means ascend. There is a there is an expectation of a kind of call. You've been called. 
Paul writes in, in Ephesians chapter number 4. I, I beseech you, death, brethren, to walk worthy, axio, according to the call with which you have been called. So Paul was saying that it's a dimension in God we have to pursue. There are levels to this thing, you know. We might be, we, we are equal when it comes to sonship. But when it comes to dimension, there are, there are levels to this thing. A, a man who prays for 12 hours straight, you want to compare him to you that pray once a year. <laughs> there, there, there are levels to this thing. You know, there are there, there people who live like mad men. They understand they are securing the future. There are levels to this thing. So Paul says that it's, I'm pressing toward the higher call. And somebody said the higher call. This higher call is not a normal kind of call. I will show you why I say that. This higher call is not a conventional kind of call. It's something higher. Meaning more expectations. Meaning you have to let go certain things. Meaning you have to let go your pride. Meaning you have to let go certain stuff you felt like you're going to keep. Listen, listen. Let me say this one that the church don't want to hear. There is a pressing that you get to in your church. Hear me? And this will make you do, you, 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 I don't care if you do a sound bite. It's me anyway. This is the type of pressing where, how many of you have given yourself to three hours for church building? Anyone here? You give a three hour stretch, pray for church building, our church building. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. There's a pressing you go to the church, Mosaba. You will get your money, you, you put your money on the altar. Not refuse for a church to be begging for space. You haven't reached there. <laughs> you think this thing is, is joke? It's a stretching, Lord. You will stretch yourself beyond your, your comprehension, Lord. I'm gonna give the church my how can you be how can you be a, how can you even how can you even say that you're you're pressing and the church needs your money and you're holding it back? And you're pressing. Let me say this. I'm going to say it. I won't say it anymore. Say it again. My lifestyle in this church, I'm not talking about money today, that your leader spends time, ask my wife, she says, sometimes 100 calls in a week. 100. Not the Zoom ones. Not the ones that I'm tired. Not the ones I have to travel to see family and pray for some of your parents and your family. The pastor doesn't take a dime. Not an income from church. Doesn't take a tithe. Doesn't take an income from church. Not a penny from the church. Should that not be an encouragement to say, you know what, let's give to kingdom work. I don't want to beat my chest. And I, I, I do not say this. I have people in this country, in this country, that have said to me, just be my personal prophet, anything you need I give you. Anything you need in this land. The biggest prophetic network in America, they said to me, we want to make you the vice president. Just prophesy for the money. It's easy for me to make millions in a month. It's easy. I'm not telling you, it's very easy. All I need to do is just tell you what you're going through. Put 10, there are prophets you know that charge you. You know them. They charge you. You look for the money for them. You look for the money for them. I've seen it. They will charge you. To pray for you, put money on 10K, you pay. There are people like that. And they'll tell you, yes, it's my God, use it. But the one that doesn't ask you for a penny, prays and sweats over you, and ask you to give, you whine your face. You're not serious. 
Not serious. If it takes God to raise men from outside to build his house, he will do it. Because I'm not talking about money today. I will spare you this day. The day is coming. I'll talk. I'll spare you this day. But you haven't stretched. You haven't stretched. We put up a conference. Stretch. We just ended flames. You don't understand the kind of stretch that came from my end. Even though I said I will not anymore. Stretching. Doing convocation. <laughs> that is free of charge. You guys are not serious. It's free of charge. I'm not paying for tickets. Free of charge. Tell your members to register to be in the number. Auntie in the Lord, how much is the hall? She'll tell you. 4,000 pounds. Glory house. My pocket. Free of charge. You know the reason why I do it? This is a seed. I've seen the future. <laughs> this is the seed today. So that the time, hear me? Be clap for me. The time when someone will come and tell me, Apostle, you've sown. This is your private jet if you talk. Now that we are suffering, they're not seeing us. But by the time God begins to elevate the church, people will talk. Stretch. Paul says that it's a stretching that we need in this season. And the Bible says, I, I press toward the higher call of God in Christ. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature. Somebody say mature. I love Paul. Paul will say, let us. Let me end here quickly. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Paul says here, Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this what? Mind. It is only the mature that have this mind. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, if you are there quickly, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I want to show them, because Paul used the word there, for those that are the word mature, the word teleos. Mature, 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Okay, if not, I might read my one. If it's there, let me know, okay? Are we there now? And I, now Paul was writing to believers. Paul says, I, brethren, Adolphus, could not speak to you as spiritual. Paul was writing to believers, but said, I can't speak to you as spiritual people. But as carnal. Carnal literally here doesn't mean sarcicus. It doesn't mean sinful. It means worldly. Paul could not speak to the church as spiritual people. He had to speak to the church like worldly people. Why? As babes in Christ. So if you are a babe in Christ, you cannot think of stretching. That's what Paul said here. Therefore, let us as many that are mature have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, 
to the degree that you have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. And, and, and Paul was writing to the church in Philippi. And he was talking about Christian suffering. And Paul had mentioned things like catalobanomai, mentioned things like, you know, pressing, and mentioned things like dikio, and, and all this stuff. And Paul is saying, that let us forget all the things we've done in the past. Because a lot of you would use the past as a yardstick. After I've done that in my past, I don't need it now. So Paul said, no, every single day that I live, I strive to be a better Christian. I strive to love my brother and sister. I strive to overlook some foolishness. And I say this every single time, and, and I'm being serious. Christians are not kind. They're not kind people. They're not kind people. You're just a handful of them that are really lovely. They're not kind people. And Paul is saying, let us stretch. Somebody said, toward the higher calling. Say the higher calling. I like that scripture, the higher calling, because it's like Paul is giving us dimensions to this thing. But then he says, uh, I like the word, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward. The prize, that's a, that's a prize of the upward. That is a prize. As you, you begin to ascend and, and increase in your Christian faith, there's a prize. And the reason why I'm saying this is because a lot of you are still here. Yesterday I preached on a, or touched on a sermon that I titled, Come Up, because the earth is too crowded. There, there is a, there's a higher calling. There's, an, there's a higher expectation. We shouldn't be discussing about backbiting in church at this level of our faith. Or gossip. There's something that come up higher. How do I know that? Hebrews chapter number 6. Hebrews 6. The author of the book of Hebrews is in the vein. Hebrews chapter number 6. So Paul mentioned that there is a higher calling. There is a, but that higher calling comes with a bit of a press. I'm going to finish before 7. Hopefully, pray for me. Hebrews chapter number 6. The Bible says, are you there? Church, are you there? You have your Bibles right? Right. You have your Bibles right? Oh, you have your Bibles right? Huh. Now, wow. Therefore, living, <laughs> this is the writer of the Hebrew, Hebrew epistle, writing to the church that's going through persecution. He was asked out of Judea, writing to these guys, and said, therefore, leaving the conversation or the discussion of the elementary what? Of? There were two levels, you know, in this Christ's journey. There were basic principles called arche. The word arche, if it's there, A-R-C-H-E, from the word which means beginning, primary. There are elementary principles of our faith. Are you here in church? In your Christ journey, there were things that there are basic, there were basic stuff. The writer says, let's leave that basic stuff aside. Do you understand? And you, you will be shocked what are basic stuff. What you call deep. What you call deep. Now, now, the basic stuff you want to hear in a moment are stuff that you'll be ashamed that you don't even know them as basic. Do not talk of being a gossip or ba gossiper or backbiter. It's even worse. Catch this. Let's go back to the scripture. It's what Ahay means beginning, like the word archangel. It says, leaving aside, going back, leaving aside, going back. The word epitalomai speaks of forgetting. Leaving the discussions of the elementary principles. The word principles, the word is the same word as logos or doctrine. Amen. Leaving the elementary things aside of Christ. Let us go on to 
The word perfection is the word teleos, which means maturation. Are you following me, church? But I want to show you the things that Paul says to leave aside. It says, let, thank you. It says, let us go unto perfection, leaving those things behind. It says, not laying again. Because you should know this by now. The foundation of repentance from death. Repentance is a thing that you should have known. All these are elementary stuff in the church. The concept of salvation, soteria. Every believer by now should have known these things. So let's lead back the, 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 again the foundation of repentance and from dead works and of faith toward God. Faith for the believer should be primary. How can we be teaching you faith up to now? Up to now. Up to now. As a Christian. Keep going. Keep going. It mentions faith. Of the doctrine of baptism. Why should, we be, why should we be teaching you baptism even now? What it means. All these are, if you don't know this stuff, there's a problem. The Bible calls it, these are elementary. Okay. These are beginning. Doctrine, beginning. Of resurrection of the dead. How many of you know there are two resurrections? Do you understand these things? And of eternal judgment. Do you know how Paul divided this stuff? I wrote it down. By studying. Paul divided this stuff into repentance from dead work and faith. Did I, did I write it down? Maybe I'm not sure. Now, it, 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 I'm not sure. He, he talked about repentance from dead works. That's soteriology, study of salvation. These are, these are, now, it, these are elementary things that the church will know. Beyond malice and gossip. So if the church don't know this stuff, it's a problem. If you, don't, if, if you cannot suddenly defend salvation teaching. Then the next one is apostolic, apostolic um, 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 doctrines. Laying of hands. And, and at this stage, you must understand what it means by impartation. Laying of hands. Administration. How the elders laid hands. And the last one which is resurrection of the dead, and it, that's eschatology. You should be able to understand the last things, the last days. But if the church is only about prophecy and deliverance, that's a problem. So the writer of Hebrews says, let us leave this elementary stuff and press into maturation. That was what Paul was saying to the church. I was in Philippi, leaving behind, forgetting those stuff. I'm pressing toward the prize. This is the part I want to ask you today. How many of you can confidently defend the doctrine of salvation, the doctrine of baptism, the doctrine of the laying of hands, eschatology, your different views, preterism, hamelinism, futurism, idealism, and all that? How many of you can confidently? But these are basic stuff. Do you understand now? That Paul is saying that what the church is fighting for right now, that we feel is deep, is basic. Paul says, Oscar, your two doctorates you have is basic. Paul is saying, your prayer you're praying, that you're praying, that you're yawning, is basic. There's a higher calling. You don't understand. 
When it's a holy hunger, you wake up early in the morning. There is something beyond your conception. There's a higher calling. Once you understand there's an expectation for the believer, if your brother offends you, you forgive them first. God is calling us to certain levels of responsibilities. And I can imagine God saying to you, you're stopping church because someone offended you. Can imagine that? When there's a higher calling. I want you to go back today and be, be vexed in your soul that this is not Christianity we're doing here. This is, this is, this is comfort. You, you're very comfortable here. Because the government's help in your needs. You're comfortable. When you come to a space where there's no government assistance, you will pray. Yeah, government help you. Come to a place. I know where I'm, I'm coming from. I'm coming from a country where there's no governmental assistance. You, 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 you assist the government. Yeah, you're the one I give to government. You pay government. You have to pray. This is privileged Christianity here. Very privileged. You don't fast because government will answer your prayers. What's the point of fast? After the, when there is no job, you will command the HR to call your name out. Wherever you have, find my name. That is a pressing. That's a hunger. But this hunger is in Christ Jesus. So I realized that this hunger we are talking about is actually devotional. It's in Christ Jesus. I read two scriptures I was about to read yesterday, but there was no time. And the first one I want to read is in Colossians chapter number 3. Another prison epistle. It's interesting that these epistles are prison epistles. When there is actually a limitation where you are, you are almost ostracized. Somebody said the higher calling. The higher calling that you will call the one who made you mad. And say, say them, tell them sorry. Higher calling. That you know that someone is backstabbing you, but you love them still. Higher calling. Higher calling someone has defamed your name, but you have no hate for them. Higher calling. The sacrifices that some people have to pay. Don't envy them. When some people minister and you see the power move, you don't know what they endured. Higher calling. When they have a right to curse you out, but they blessed you. Higher calling. I said every time, I, I do not use my word of knowledge to pick into people's life, but sometimes God shows me text messages. Sometimes I hear conversation. Let me just help you. I see some text messages and I smile. God, what's going on in this church? I see the message fly like the log. I'm reading, I'm reading messages. Yeah? And you see someone that you love. You don't understand. That you can place your life on the line for them. You love them. You've given everything in your pocket for them. And you saw that message in the spirit cussing you out. And you go to them and love them. And to confirm to them, you say to them, which one of your ears? You know the message this lady just sent you about me and you talked about me. Just delete it. It's not good for you. <laughs> God bless you. And still bless them with seed. Still pray for them. This thing, this thing, are you calling? You know, I'm on camera, so I'm Americans, I must well hear this. The houses paid for, the ministry, the church built already, the houses, it's life. 
Apostle, all you need is just say, we are ready, we'll get you the flight. I'll drop the microphone in England and go to America. It's, it's, it's there. I'm not telling you that Americans want to do it. They have it there already. They have one in New York. They have one in Atlanta. They have one in Michigan. Houses, beats, cars, in the building. Buildings, there. This, they are there. I'm not telling you what I think. They're not, I'm not praying for it. But the Lord said to me, wait. Well, oh, no, don't be praising the Lord. <laughs> because when I ask you to bring money, you won't bring money. You're praising the Lord. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm talking about cathedrals. I don't have to walk to pay church. It's paid for outright. Pastor, you'll be on wherever you need. I'm not praying. It is there. Wait, it's apostle. Whenever you're ready, we send you the, send you the plane. And Lord says, son, you have an assignment here. And do you think I'm happy when I have a people that are waiting to have everything that I need than a people that I'm giving my energy and can also seed? Colossians chapter number three. Bible says, if you then, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things. The word seek here, I love the word here. The word seek is the same one used as Eido, E-I-D-O. The word Eido speak of discernment. If you are really born again, desire is to perceive. Go back to the scripture. Desire. Those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. It didn't say just desire Christ. It says desire those things which are above, where Christ is. So there are things that are beyond the constellation that we need to press into. But in order to press into this place, you have to stretch. How do you press into this dimension? You haven't even finished the one on the earth. You haven't even finished loving your neighbor. How do you press into Christ? You haven't even finished. Let me ask you a true question. Why is it hard to love in the church? Why? Why is it that your colleague who hurts you, the next Monday you make them a cup of tea? But your sister offends you and you unfollow them. You block you come to the same church and you block yourselves. I, I, I don't understand. Even God is asking for explanation. You block your fellow brother because of a misunderstanding. You block your fellow sister. Because, don't, don't, now mind you, there are those that need blocking for real. Yeah, there are those that are bad, 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 bad. We have to pray for deliverance for them, they can, you can friend them again. But because of a little misunderstanding, you just go on your phone and scroll the name and press unfollow. How wicked is that? And you cry, oh, Lord God. And God is saying, this is the one thing that keeps stopping your breakthrough. Too petty. Unnecessarily angry. You become the judge and jury at the same time. You know the problem with those kind of people? They are still here. They're not even rich elementary principles. Can you go back again to that same First Corinthians chapter number 3? Let me tell you the problem. The problem with these people is that they've not even reached First Corinthians here. Paul said, we talked about the mature believers, right? We talked about the baby ones and the carnal ones. Go to First Corinthians 3. Let's read what Paul had to say. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as of spiritual people, but as of carnal, as babes in Christ. The next verse. I fed you with milk 
and not with solid food, for until now, you are still not able. It, it is the solid food. I fed you with milk. I was asking my in-law today, she's a doctor. I was like, what's the purpose of milk? And he says, it builds your immune, immune. It's fight, it helps fight against whatever abuse the immune system. A, a lot of you have been unable to war against health because you have no immune system. No lactose, see that's the name. Nothing. No nothing. Even if you take picnic, it will work. So the Bible says, I fed you. Now Paul is ready to believe us. I fed you with not even milk. There were left, there was what you call milk. There was meat. There is stone. Paul writes about stone when he writes to the Colossians. Stones. Not even milk. I mean, there are revelations. Stones. Paul is saying that you could not even. I fed you with milk and not with solid food for until now. You were not able to receive it and even now you are still not able. How many times are we going to preach love? It's so hard for you. Because the church is the only place that you can rant and vent. And no one will hold you accountable. That's the only place you can cry. I can't believe there are people angry at me because I haven't called them in two weeks. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For up to now, you are still not able. Even the, even the milk for your immune. No wonder hell is fighting you. There is no immune. Hell has broken loose on you. There is no immune. Why? Because you refuse to even drink milk. Final verse, scripture. I'll end in two minutes. I promise you for this one. Two minutes. Amen. I'm going to read this guy by the name of John. I read it yesterday also, but I believe today it's something that will change the trajectory. Chapter number four of the book of John. John chapter number four. Amen. Are you convicted or you're angry? Because next I will see church hurt on, on Instagram soon. It's easy. John was sent to Patmos by a guy called Vespasian. By the time they had been persecuting the believers and then he had to go to Patmos, an island in Asia Minor, where he had received a revelation from the Lord about the seven physical churches on the earth. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pagamon, Sardis, Thyatira, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Paul was writing to these seven churches giving them the report card, the good things and the bad things. So Paul has spent two chapters, two and three, to document these churches and tell them where they've done well and where they failed and how they need to repent. But the church of Ephesus said to them, return back to your first love. But look at chapter number four. I like the word. Now in Greek, that's what it's called accents in Greek. They are little horns. An accent can change the meaning of a word. For instance, the word Omicron in the Greek is an O. The word Omega, Omega in the Greek is a W. They're both pronounced O and O. But what makes the Omicron and the Omega different is accents. It means that there is a horn that changes the sound, then changes the translation, then transliterations. For instance, what we call the pi, pi, you know the pi, the pi, mathematicians, that is a P. But the P in the Greek is a rho. The reason why it's called a rho because of the accent, it's little stripe. The word he used there, after, 
in the Greek is the word meta. The word meta is an interesting word because the context is that God is saying to John, after the seven churches, are you following me church? After writing to the seven churches, Bible says after these things, I want you to hear, in chapter number one, John had documented the risen Christ. So John spent chapter number one, if you look at, if the book of Revelation is the, 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 the arrangement of the book is in Revelation 1 verse 19. Write the things which you have seen, the things which are, and the things that will shortly take place. The things which you have seen is chapter number one. The things which are at the churches. The things that will shortly take place is yet future. Are you following me? So when John was writing this, it was the church dispensation. Now in chapter number four, there was an invitation. After these things I looked, the same word looked and seek Edo. Bible says, and behold, a door standing open where? In where? All this while is the earth. In chapter number one, the earth. The seven churches, the earth. So Paul, sorry, John has spent time to explain to us the things that are going on on the earth. But the Bible says that after the earth, after this dimension, after this pettiness, after, if you don't greet me, I don't greet you. After, I'm going to backstab you and call you out. After this church politics and church groupies and church drama. After this mess we'll find in the house that you get upset on. Uh, come up. Set your neighbor, come up. There is a dimension in God that you have to forget where you were. Are you hearing me, church? So Paul says, I seek the things above. I forget this thing. You see, until you understand there is a higher calling, you still be doing petty, 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 petty. How can I come down from that dimension because of your gossip? I know where I stay. You, 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 you want me to allow unfollow? Come down. Unfollow, unfollow. It's a business. But I'm not going to come down from there because of your unfollow. So John had an invitation, sir. He had an invitation by the Lord. He said, come up. He says, come up. Come up. He says, come up. I like this. A door was standing in heaven. A door. But it was open. Somebody say open. The word door is the word turas. That word open is interesting. In this, di in this dimension in heaven, the funny thing about this dimension, you, it is not your works. It is not your works that gets you there. The access to revelation is open. All that is needed is hunger. You don't have to press the door to open. It's open already. But what takes you to that dimension is your stretch. <laughs> it said, a door was open. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me saying, come up. Where? Come up here. Come up here. Come up higher. Come up. Come up. Shut your neighbor. Come up. Come up. Say, leave the gossiping aside. Come up, come up, come up. Leave the backbiting aside. Come up, come up, come up. Leave the malice aside. Come up, come up, come up. Leave all these jokes aside. Come up. See, you must understand there is a dimension that God wants us to enter. Coming to church every single day and not changing because you are still there. Why? Wait here. I and the light are going yonder. Some of you, come, some of you are still here. 
And there were those yonder. The word yonder means higher place. I know. I know bino. Abraham said to the two guys, wait here. I and the lad. Why? Because the visitation was not there. The visitation was yonder. The angel of the Lord was up there, yonder. So John says, the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here. And what? Read that church. And I will show you things. Hear that. Do you know the reason why the church is blinded? There is no prophetic future. We don't know what's going to happen after this time. The coronavirus time. Everyone was asking what's the plan. Because the church has not come up to see what will happen yonder. The Bible says, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Metatauta. After this. I believe, hear me church. I believe that there is a dimension in God that we haven't even come to understand. Why? Because we haven't even pressed into that place called there. We are still fighting with ourselves here. Fighting over money. Fighting over our beta, our not beta. Tide is not even elementary. Tide is not even elementary. It's not even, it should not be, it's a shame for the church to be talking about tithing at this stage of our lives. About giving, it's a taboo. It's a taboo. It's not even a doctrine. Not even a doctrine. So God is saying there are things I want to show the church. But you won't see it here. You will see it in your lies. You will see it in your malice. You will see it in your contemporary Christianity. When you wake up and pray when you feel like praying. And give when you feel like giving. How can you come to... You, some don't even give an offering. And you confess caterpillar. Caterpillar is laughing. Every single Sunday, caterpillar can't come there like you know. You are talking. This I know. That I know. But who are you? Elementary things. If I treat you the way you treat me, you won't have a church. I'm not even telling you lies. For real. For real. For real. In sickness, I'm still making phone calls. I came from America. Someone said to me, you must do deliverance by force. I had to do it. Because I know church hurts. Tired, frustrated. There were things that I have to stretch myself. I don't know about you, but I refuse to be on this level. This gossip, backbite, anger, the pettiness, unnecessary stuff. When you should be the one commanding and say, guys, let's pray for a church building. Let's pray for wealth in this church. Let's pray. You should be hosting prayer events. Be hosting it. Be hosting it. Be hosting it. Not always having a meeting with you on Zoom every week about anger, about prop. Always having a problem. I person want to see you. Why? This one offended me. Again? There's no week. I will just have peace. Because some, yes, man, for real. This is not for real. This is true. I'm, I'm telling the church to grow up. My wife is here. A man studying two universities at the same time, but showing something at the same time, walking at the same time, doing church with bright at the same time, overseeing about 120 churches. I said that yet I get petty messages. I put someone to see you because someone offended me. In this day and age when the church should be mature. In this church, we should have people coming at 3 o'clock and be praying around the streets. And say, God, your glory, your kingdom here. Yet we have people say, I'm not going to come because the apostle didn't call me. Are you being serious? 
When Paul said, I'm pressing toward the higher calling. There is, a, there is an expectation. There is a demand. And we are crying over petty things in church. When was the last time you wept for your brother? The one you don't like. Or your sister. When was the last time and you wonder why the church is wonky? We don't understand what's going on. Paul says, despite all the things I did, I gave tithe, I gave an offering, I blessed the church. Those things are nothing. Forget those things. I'm pursuing something ahead. Never once have I said, I'll pray for you. Give me money. Never have I said, no one, never have I sent anyone back and counter and said, take. Never. Your favorite apostles in this country, all on payroll. All. And don't have your time. They won't see you. You're not hearing me. But I see the top men in this country. I am the one who's on, on some Zoom casting their demons. How about your pastor? He doesn't have time. We just bounce, come to church on Sunday. We sing hallelujah, hallelujah. But this house involves money. We pay for things. How can you press in and your pocket no talk? How can? And when God begins to bless the one who gives, you don't understand the poor themselves. Poor themselves. There is a higher calling, there's a higher expectation. And that higher calling will demand every part of your obedience. You don't give an offering, but you're traveling around the world. You don't give an offering, but you see, I'm not saying you don't enjoy your life, but what about God's house? How can you speak in tongues and don't speak to your brother? How can you be beefing in God's house, fighting yourselves? This is called grow up. Maybe next Sunday, you may not turn up. It's okay. But I'm not going to tell you a lie to keep you in church. No. I'm not going to do that. You may not come and say, well, you may not come. But I was saying to someone, I think I'm a kind guy. I'm, I'm a kind guy, not as a pastor, as a person. And let me say this as well. Be nice to people, not just as a Christian. As people, be nice. You don't have to be nice to people. There's a higher calling that demands you to come higher. You will not succeed in this, in this Christian race. Where it's almost okay to preach homosexuality, it's okay in the church. In this Christian race, you must understand that these things are basic principles. Stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet. Look at me. This is called a heart check. I was in my time. I'm with somewhere else as well. But I want to look at your neighbor and say to them, I'm going to be a better Christian. No, no, no not just word of mouth, minutes. I'm going to be a better Christian. I'm going to be a better Christian. I refuse for offense. I refuse backbites. Stop the text when it comes to your phone. 
come out of every group that is that's insensitively condescending. Don't do it. Don't sell your soul for a path of pleasure. Your name is not Iso. Come out of this petty Christian lifestyle that if I'm fighting you, I'm not going to come to church anymore. In this day and age, when we should be saying, God, if I die, I die. For the sake of your word, and she said to Naomi, your God will be my God, your people, my people. If I perish, I perish. In this day and age where the church will be burning hot for God and say, God, your glory, your glory, your glory, your God, crying to God for his glory in this house. What are we doing? Staying back because we're offended. The spirit that has crept into the house of God. And I saw the Chinese men that had no Bible on the ground weeping and wailing. I said, God, send a revival to Asia. Crying. And we that have all the translations we don't even read them. We fight ourselves. Open up your mouth and say to the Lord, you're sorry. That's what you need to do right now. You're sorry. Sorry, Lord Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, open up your mouth and pray and tell him sorry. Unless you're perfect. Unless you're more than Paul. Tell him you want to be a better Christian. Tell him. When the music fades. All is stripped away. Quiet missing. Think about a song of what? Now, you want to give him something that is more than a song. We say more than a song. Come on, church. From your heart, you know that you can be a better believer. From your belly, we say. Come on now. Come on now. Oh. Back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. Yes, Lord. It's all from your belly. We say, Yes, we are sorry, Lord Jesus. All about you, all about you. For the last time, we'll sing it from the top. When the music from your belly sings a song, and you say to the Lord, I'm sorry for I've done it all wrong. And we're pressing. Something. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, church. This is the part that we need you. It's a part. Oh, we say, I bring you more than, more than a song. Her heart is on the altar. It's not. 
You search within. Come and open up your mouth, church. We can be better. Yes. Oh God. Oh. We are coming back, Jesus, to the heart of worship. It's all about you. All about you. Oh. All about you, all about you. Oh, we say, Oh, we coming out back to the heart of worship. It's all about you, it's all about you. It's calling us back to the altar. I'm sorry, Lord. 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 I'm for the last time. For the last time. I'm coming back. This is a time to go back to the Lord. Because it's all about you. It's all about you. Ibado sofra kara I'm sorry lord It's all about you